Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. This is your Abu Dhabi Grand Prix review. Firstly, I want to start by congratulating Max Verstappen for achieving his first ever world championship. Whatever happened on Sunday, he is a deserving winner and has driven well, not just well, incredibly all season. It's not going to be his first championship either. He is a monumental driver and deserves it. Now, F1 is a sport that I love and I, I know I'm not the only one and Jimmy and Joe who join us today love it too. Um, and I was so grateful that the rest of the world was talking about it. Um, like I could hear people talking about it on the train, in the street and they were asking me about, about it and it, it, it's so cool that a sport that felt a little bit like a niche for a lot of fans growing up has become one of the biggest talking points in the past two or three weeks and I hope that that continues and I'm glad that so many people tuned in to that decider in the desert on Sunday uh, but there are a lot of people that have reached out to us um, and and they enjoy what we do on AJ on the line but they want to know many things they've asked so many questions about what happened in the race why these things happened and whether it's fair now We'll do our very best, but today we will try and answer those questions as well as giving out our usual awards that we do on this podcast. Joe, Jimmy, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling uh, mixed emotions, to be honest. Um, I was absolutely gutted. Uh, Lewis did everything correctly in that race. You know, he got past Verstappen, first of all, um, and then he opened up a, a lead that was insurmountable. Uh, however, um, he didn't win. Uh, now, I've got my opinion about that, uh, and other people have theirs. Um, I personally think it was uh, a farce, and um, yeah, I'm quite in disbelief how something like this could have ruined such an amazing final race, which should have been absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, mixed emotions. Just to explain on Jimmy's point there, in the final five laps uh, a safety car came out uh, because Nicholas Latifi crashed and by the way is none of this is really his fault that happens that's racing his car was cleared up a fire extinguisher was needed and then there was confusion from the race director Michael Massey on uh, on whether the lapped cars of which there were five between Hamilton and Verstappen would be able to unlap themselves. Initially, he said, no, they wouldn't be, um, which seemed rather sensible because it meant that racing could get underway quicker. And then all of a sudden, those five cars, even though there were seven cars that had been lapped, were allowed to unlap themselves, which one could read as going against the regulations. Uh, they Those cars were allowed to unlap themselves. There was one lap left to race. Verstappen who had pitted under the safety car for fresh tyres, something that Hamilton didn't really have the option to do, otherwise he would have lost uh, the lead to Verstappen. Um, and those fresher tyres gave Verstappen the advantage that he needed to overtake Hamilton on the last lap of the last race in this incredible season. It was 2008-esque, wasn't it, Joe? But... Did you enjoy the race? I think it was 2008-esque, but it just felt manufa manufactured was, was the word that I 
would use to describe it. I think if you're a fan of WWE, you'd have enjoyed it. Um, but it, uh, I think they decided that it was a show rather than a sport. Um, I think that was the decision. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that decision at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll get more into it later on, on why I'm not a big fan of it. We certainly will. Uh, but we usually start this podcast by giving our race ratings. Now, this could be a difficult one, I know, but I'll start again with you, Jimmy. What is your race rating this weekend? I would probably have to say um, a four. It was, as Joe said, it's a brilliant word by Joe. It was manufactured. It felt like it was trying to get something for um, a popular TV series that's on a very well-known uh, website. Um, it, it just seems crazy. Do you mean Netflix? Exactly. I wasn't going to... We're not on the BBC, oh, Jim. Okay. Netflix then. Perfect. <laughs> not no. yet, anyway. Maybe one day. Um... <laughs> Next year. Um, but yeah, it just it just felt like... It felt hollow. Well, yeah, it, it might well... Putting all the controversy at the end aside, it might well merit that after... It, it it was tense, but it, Abu Dhabi never really delivers at what you would call a thriller, would would you, Joe? No, I mean I agree with Jimmy. I would have given it a four because it was a you know if you remove the the tension from it being the final race of the championship, it was a pretty dead race. Uh, not that much happened. Um, there was a bit of intrigue with whether Max would closed the gap in the final stages but that really did not look like it was going to happen the gap was 11 seconds with five laps to go um and Lewis was actually pulling ahead at that point because Max had to go through those back markers I don't know how he was doing that yeah yeah it was really impressive from Lewis but um yeah overall the race was not that exciting and obviously you know you'd think a last lap battle for the lead would be exciting but I mean a felt so manufactured and B, 40, uh, 40 lap old hards versus zero lap old softs. I think there was only ever going to be one winner there. Um, obviously, obviously, like, I assume if there's any Max fans listening, you found it very, very exciting and you'll forgive the the fact that maybe we shouldn't have been in that situation or maybe you'll have a different opinion on whether we should have been in that situation. But... I just don't see how that whole situation should have come about. The fairest thing I think that should have happened is I think that it should have been red flagged. They should have changed. No, I disagree. I disagree. Uh, Listen, they should have changed the tyres and then it really would be a fair fight because you're on... Verstappen's on a set of softs. Hamilton's on a set of softs. Yes, there's uh, a 10-second gap uh, that's not there anymore. Uh, However, I think it would have been the most f- fair way of doing no that's still that's still the the biggest mistake the FIA made the whole weekend was treating the race as the championship decider not just another race it's why we yeah. didn't like the double points rule in 2014 and it's why I don't like what happened today they treated it as the championship decider as opposed to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix round 21 was it 22 round 22 of the season they should have treated it completely independently 
And in any other situation, had it been at any other Grand Prix, that that safety car would have stayed out a lap longer. I see where you're coming from there. I, I want to say, first of all, I think we can all agree that Max Verstappen deserves the world championship this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%, okay. 100%. But was what happened on Sunday fair? No, yeah. absolutely not. As I, ju- as, I, as I just said, it would not have happened at any other Grand Prix. It wouldn't have happened on any other lap of that race. If that safety car had come out a lap earlier, it would have stayed out that extra lap to let all the cars go through. I mean, I mean, how it's not fair on the rest of the grid. I mean, why did Carlos Sainz not deserve a shot at the win, if that's yeah. the case? Why did, we, why did we leave the cars in between Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz there? Why did Carlos Sainz not deserve that opportunity to go for the win? Yeah. They, they lost all focus on the rest of the Grand Prix to give us this fake showdown between two title rivals. They lost all focus on running the rest of the Grand Prix. And I have a real problem with them treating it as Max versus Lewis, the final round, not the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And Max is a vet. I mean, I'll get, I was going to get onto it in a minute in the awards. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to get onto the awards? Because I was going to talk about Max in that, obviously. Right. Let's talk about our biggest winners. Okay. Uh, Max Verstappen was my biggest winner, but Joe, do you want to say why? Yeah, yeah. I think Max Verstappen, obviously his biggest winner, he's won the 2021 World Championship in one of the closest fights we've ever seen. And it's very clear that he is a very, very, very deserving 2021 World Champion. Both the two drivers would have been deserving of the championship and the way we got there doesn't change that. What he is not is the deserving winner of the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And that ultimately decided the championship. And that did ultimately decide the championship. Um, As I say, I I do not think it takes away from Max with being a worthy world champion at all. He's finished first ten times, second eight times. He broke the record for the most podiums in the season. Uh, if if yeah, if you if you exclude Hungary, he finished every single race in first or second, which is an unbelievable achievement. Like that, um, we've we've never seen a season like it, and the fact that two drivers basically did it is just insane. But yeah, Max, very very deserving twenty twenty one world champion, and I I really do hope, despite what I've said before about it being wrong that it's not taken away from him because that would be even wronger in my eyes. It wasn't his fault that all these shenanigans happened with the FIA. He he, he and Red Bull made the most of it. And yeah, yeah. If I could ask, like, I, I agree with you. Max Verstappen's my biggest winner this weekend. Uh, luck might have played a part, but you need some luck to be a world champion, as he's found out. Uh, look at Lewis Hamilton in 2008. Last lap of the race, Glock's mm-hmm. going slow on dry tyres in heavy rain. He gets past him, he wins. Now, mm-hmm. what was and we'll do we'll do a season review at some point in the in the next few weeks. I'm sure for for the listeners that want to know in more depth. But what would you say was Max's biggest strength 
And what would you say was Max's biggest weakness this season? Strength was just his outright pace, I think. he. I think he had Lewis on outright pace. I think, uh, you know, a lot of Max's wins were very, very dominant. Do you think uh, the Austria races, Zanvor, Imola, um, as opposed to Lewis's, which had to be much more sort of closely fought? It was more swashbuckling and by the skin of his teeth, wrestling it off. So Max's outright pace was fantastic. And up until the final four races, I think the way he controlled the the season the, um, was fan. The way he stayed in control was very calm, um, was very, very impressive for someone in their first title fight. I do think he lost it a little bit in those last four races. Um, and Lewis's experience did shine through. I think that was his biggest weakness. Yet yeah, in those final four races, I do think he lost his head a little bit, and that 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 should come with experience. And you know, um, if he can get someone around him who isn't Jos Verstappen, I think he could really sort that out. Yeah, because you were saying to me at the weekend, Max needs what Nicky was to Lewis Hamilton, Nicky Lauda. A three-time world champion and legend who's been around the block, knows what he's talking about and doesn't... Who Max respects. Yeah, who Max respects. Not that he doesn't respect his dad. Yeah, but his dad's wrong. Whereas... In uh... many areas of life. Jimmy, uh, what would you say are Max Verstappen's biggest strengths and biggest weaknesses? Biggest strengths is his outright performance. Uh, it's just speed. He's a quick driver. Um, he is up there, I think, with Hamilton as a, a great driver. Obviously, he hasn't got Hamilton's seven world titles yet, um, and we'll have to see if that happens or if he gets close. Um, however, he's just speed over a single lap. I mean, that Saudi lap would have been great, um, and it's sort of reminiscent of uh, Hamilton's lap at the 2018 Singapore Grand Prix. Uh, but yeah, so... Sort of outright pace uh, for his... Except Lewis finished his lap. Exactly, I know. Exactly, yeah, I know. But I'm just trying to use that as an example. Yeah, very good point. Uh, (laughs) um, His biggest weakness is this sort of aggression that he's got. If you look at Hamilton, he backs out of more... um, He's more calculated, isn't he, Lewis? Yeah, more 50-50s. Whereas Max doesn't, and that's something I think he really needs to improve because he'll come across people in Formula One. You know, I don't know what George Russell's going to be like next year. I think the Ferraris are going to be incredibly quick next year. Um, so we'll have to see what the clerk's like. Um, I um, I saw a fantastic quote that if uh, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc and end up in a title battle, someone else is going to win. Yeah. Because they're, they'll take each other out. They both have that uncompromising approach. Um, and they'll end up taking each other out about seven times. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a very good point. Um, but I think the thing that sticks out to me is Silverstone. If he hadn't of, If he just yielded to Hamilton and just let him go through, he would have been second, Hamilton first. He would have won back in, I don't know the maths, but I mean, it wouldn't have gone down to the title decider. He'd have had it all but wrapped up Ex- in Abu Dhabi. He would have He would have just had to cruise round in second in Abu Dhabi, which yeah. is what he did for most of the race. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, he just needs to think about what he does sometimes a bit more. That's, that's an interesting point that, uh, thank you, Jimmy. That's an interesting point about if Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, 
or in a title battle, if they were up against, say, Lewis Hamilton, then it would probably be the equivalent of when Raikkonen beat Hamilton and Alonso. Even though mm-hmm. Hamilton and Alonso were in the same team, there was other controversies. They were both very young and very competitive and taking points off each other. And then Raikkonen slips in in the last minute. Interesting stuff. But I'm sure what is also interesting is who Jimmy has down as his biggest winner this weekend. Who was it? It was Netflix. Um, because it, that <laughs> title decider was worthy. That's I can just like hear that. the music now. I can see Christian Horner's head, <laughs> Toto Wolff's oh, head. Oh, I wondered how long it would take for a Christian Horner reference. <laughs> yeah, and then Christian Horner pose with his sort of hips, hands on his hips, looking very stern. <laughs> and, and, you know, he'll be he'll be there, and you know, and then there'll be Toto on the uh, on the blower to the FIA saying, "No, no, no, Mikey, no, no, no," and then it'll be the Verstappen overtake with all the Dutch fans in the background in slow motion. I can see it now. I might put some money on it because I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, but yeah, I think Netflix. Can you put money on a Netflix intro to a season? <laughs> I'm sure. I suppose you can bet on anything. You can, yeah. I, I'd need to find a bookie sort of daft enough to do it, but I, I'm sure I can. Um, but but yeah, Netflix is my... And And if you are a bookie daft enough to do it out there, do get in touch because Jimmy would like to yeah. do business with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, so Netflix is my biggest winner. They they got a story out of it, didn't they? And and that goes back to what you two were saying earlier about how it appeared to the fans and the new fans that had tuned in to watch this this spectacle uh maybe for the first time. It looked a little bit to to quote Lewis Hamilton, manipulated for that Uh last lap showdown. That wasn't quite fair, but yeah, Netflix got what they wanted. And as a result, people will tune in because I don't know all this, all this controversy. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I've put Formula One down as the biggest loser this week because it's attracted so much negative press from all areas of sport, Hollywood, the world okay with people that have have gone along to watch this sporting moment it's it's like your Federer versus Djokovic it's like uh, the, the world cup final um and this kind of fakiness that looks a little bit slick and cheeky and messy and a, a load of a load of things that no one really wants to see in a sporting context mm-hmm. yeah that 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 has left a bad taste in some people's mouths. However, I go back to the fact that people have been talking about Formula One for the past two to three weeks. Bernie Eccleston, the the, the former uh, ringmaster, if you like, of Formula One, he would would have definitely said that this, this was great for Formula One. Any publicity is good publicity. I'm sure you would look back and say maybe not when you take F1 to America and the tyres keep blowing up to the point that they can't race and 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 moments like this. But people are talking about it. It was on BBC News at 1. Yeah. Like, sometimes Hamil- Hamilton, if he's won another title, is on BBC News. Like, oh, and Lewis Hamilton's won another title. And then people look out, oh, it's Formula 1. Lewis Hamilton always wins. 
but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I've given F1 the biggest loser, but maybe I'm wrong. What do you think on that? I think I've already I've already said that I think they I kind of agree with you because I think they got too caught up in this Max versus Lewis final showdown thing. I think they forgot that they're supposed to be a sport at the end of the day that you could meritocracy. Yeah, you can't you can't just manipulate the excitement, you know, if if the Grand Prix was boring and someone cruised to a win, whether that be Max or Lewis, that's the way it goes. Sometimes. Sometimes sporting games are boring. Sometimes you have two teams going into the final round of a football season and the one slightly ahead wins seven nil and it's boring. Like it's just the way it goes sometimes. So, and I don't think it's up to the the race directors to try and manufacture a more interesting headline generating result. And do you think that the addition of of radio messages uh, between the team and the FIA, do you think that that has shown and shined a light uh, shined a light on something that's maybe been happening in the past? But it also shows us that perhaps Michael Massey, who was the race director, might have been influenced. Like we we saw, we all saw mm-hmm. and heard Christian Horner saying, "It only we only need one lap," and then he said, "Well, give me one minute," and then a few seconds mm-hmm. later, he had the one lap yeah. that he needed so that his driver could win. But it's up to a, it's up to a referee or a or a race director or whatever to make the right decision in spite of everything that's going on around them. You know, it's up to a referee in a football match, you know, when a player gets sent off, you know, all the players on the pitch don't go, oh yeah, great decision, ref. They get surrounded by 11 angry blokes going, what are you doing? And so if you're the referee of a major sporting event, you have to be able to, obviously both sides are going to go, we want this to happen, we want this to happen. It's up to you as the referee of a major sporting event to make the correct decision to follow the rules. I think also, sorry, Jimmy, um, I think also we've got to stress that no one comes looking great out of this. Say, well, we know that Mercedes are looking, they, they might take it to court. If that happens, no one comes out of this looking good because either Max Verstappen mm-hmm. has his championship taken off him or Lewis Hamilton gets given a champion like his record breaking championship in court. Like you're not going to see the emotions like, that that we saw yesterday. One of the things that attracts people well, for me to sport, people might have their other opinions, but I, I feel like it's it's a it's a, a global thing. We love sport because of the passion, the emotion behind it. That roar of joy from Max Verstappen and Christian Horner and Alex Albon. As much as, as, as a Lewis Hamilton fan myself, I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I, that's one of the reasons that I watch the sport, so that I can hear that. Yeah, definitely. Lewis Hamilton winning his eighth world championship. You're not going to get that roar, that joy, that, those tears that that you might have had you you won't have the drama you'll have him maybe coming out of a court and maybe a, a fist bump with a few people go away but it doesn't feel great and that's that's the thing no one wins from this and yeah that there's always going to be that question about this title unfortunately for max um 
but Jimmy, what were you going to say? It's a real shame it's ended like this. Um, it, it really is. It's, it's it's like in their desperation to have it decided on track, they've made it a hundred times worse. Like I, I really don't see what was wrong with ending it behind the safety car because the result was cut and dry. Lewis was eleven seconds ahead with four laps yeah. to go, and you bring out a safety car. It's not unfair on Max. Like obviously the gaps then close behind the safety car, but it's not unfair on Max to no. Be- it's not it's like I mean twenty twelve. One of the most dramatic season finales ever. Really highly rated, ended behind a safety car. No one looks back and thinks, "Oh, that was that was a terrible finale." It's probably one of the best season finales ever. You're right. Exactly. But I don't understand the fear to end it behind the safety car. If they followed their own procedures, it ends up behind the safety car, and Lewis gets the win that that he deserved from the race. So yeah, I don't. I really don't understand the decision making process. They decided that they that they couldn't have it ended behind the safety car for 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 no reason, really. Do you do you think that it was fixed? Some people have been asking me that. No, I don't think it was fixed. I uh, um I th- I think what would have happened would have happened no matter which way round the drivers were. Like if Lewis happened to be the one behind Max, I think the same decision would have been made and Lewis would have got the 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 last lap pass i think it was if you want to say it was fixed for more entertainment then possibly yeah but i don't think it was fixed in terms of one driver or another okay thank you for clearing that up jimmy who's your biggest loser this week uh my biggest loser is the unsurprisingly the fia um simply because for similar reasons for similar reasons as we discussed before so i can't really elaborate much more but um but yeah the fia should have just all throughout the season, I have to say, they should have just um, implemented the rules correctly. I mean, I don't see how Verstappen didn't get a penalty in Brazil for defending against Hamilton. And he got a penalty in Saudi for forcing Lewis off the track and himself going off the track. It was the same thing. Exactly. So it's just... Mm-hmm. Inc- and I, I do think Lewis should have handed the place back to Verstappen at the start, if I'm being completely no, honest. I, I agree with that. As, I think. as much as I didn't want him to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and I also think to myself, where could Lewis have gone? I think that it it, it was it would have been fair. Mm. Yeah, I think I think I think what happened was right. Lewis should have backed out the corner, but Max Max's move was completely fair. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Yes, it was. It, it wasn't, Look, though, was it? No, he, di- he dived into an open space at the apex and he kept his car completely on the track. What more are you supposed to do? If that's not a legal overtake... Space, he just went straight on. He could have turned... If you, he's, he's, not, he's not obliged to leave Yeah, but space. if you look at Science and Verstappen, he did it blatantly on purpose, tried to force Hamilton off the track, which he did. He, sta- he stayed on. He dived into an open door. Lewis would obviously have to take avoiding action, but that's fair enough. Yeah, I just think it wasn't very fair, but you know, that it was like Silverstone. It was like Silverstone. If you're going to argue that Lewis's move at Silverstone was fair enough, and Max should have backed out of that, then it was then a racing you've got to incident. Say that Max's move at that. I never apportioned brain. It was fifty-fifty. Yeah, and I think if Lewis had hit Max at that corner, it would have been a racing incident. I think what is clear, though, is that the Mercedes had the pace to potentially take take the position back anyway. Yes, definitely. Especially when Max's soft started going going off. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think 
Lewis and Mercedes, they from from the very beginning, like what a start. He he reacted a tenth of a second quicker than Max Verstappen. Sure, I completely forgot that for like the first fifty laps of that race. Even it happened. was so yeah, exactly. slow. Like... It went so so <laughs> slow. Let's, let's not forget what a great job that they did. Uh, so yeah, fair play to them. Joe, your biggest loser. Uh, I've forgotten. Oh yeah, it was it was Lewis. It was Lewis. I mean, to to have a world championship snatched away from you from a race you're dominating, it gets uh, snatched away from you. Not even through no fault of his own, which you can fit, like, you know, if his tire went or whatever. Yes, that's through no fault of his own, but that's racing. Well, but but this is this is through someone off track's arbitrary decision that. That they've made going against every single precedent set. Every single safety car, you either have no lapped cars go through and you get racing straight away, or you have all the lapped cars go through and you go racing the lap afterwards. That's That's been the procedure every single time in the hundreds of safety cars we've had. This is the first time ever that... No, that the, the five cars in between the leading two have been let through, and I think it's unfair on so many levels. Um, it's un- it's unfair to Lewis, obviously, because Max has given an advantage that has never been given to anyone ever before. It's unfair on Carlos and the cars behind because they've been denied a shot at the victory. And it's unfair on who who was the last car that was let through the the final lapped car. I think it was Seb Vettel. Yeah, it's unfair. It's unfair on whoever was behind Vettel because Vettel's just been allowed to drive off, and therefore the car behind him's been denied the chance to overtake. So yeah, those are my problems with this rule. If if you know, well, if you're going to argue, <laughs> there was yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're going to argue that it's legal, this is this is why this what has happened is not legal. This is why it's not in the rules. And yeah, I just think it's unfair on so many levels and. This is the first time they've ever done it, and it's a ridiculous rule. So yeah, I think for Lewis to lose a championship in that way, like, yeah, I think it's he's got to be the biggest loser in that sense. You're right, but what magnanimous nature he lost it in. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I think you were going to get onto that later, yeah, weren't you? I, I, but, I am going to get onto yeah. that later. But wow, I think I think he's he's won a lot of fans through that yeah yeah it really you know it really annoyed me today because i went on the bbc and the article headline was lewis hamilton claims race was manipulated which obviously was what he said as max verstappen overtook him and he was driving he obviously just said oh this has been manipulated like you can't use that as a headline two quotes that they can use from him because he's not done any media other than immediately out of the car and he took a while to compose himself. And then mm-hmm. that one radio message, he said. Yeah. That, that's all they've got to go by, unfortunately. And I, I completely agree. Um, it, yeah. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because so many people over the years have, I, I'm sure they've said it to you, that they don't like Lewis Hamilton because he's arrogant, because he's, mm-hmm. he's a bad loser. He's spoiled and... Uh, they always say he shows his true colours when he loses. Well, there you go. There's his, there's his, there's his true colours. You know, I've never seen anyone... I mean, 
even a normal world championship loss, I've never seen anyone react that well. Never mind a championship loss that has clearly been decided by someone else. So, yeah, very, very respectful. Incredible. So, yeah. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But we've yeah. got our moment of the weekend to elaborate on. And I'm going to speak about a little bit earlier in the race where Max Verstappen's teammate, Sergio Perez, he's got one job, hasn't he? He's left out, doesn't pit. His job is to hold Lewis Hamilton up, who is mm -hmm. up at that point, what, six seconds ahead of Verstappen? Something of that, yep. that, that region. And in one lap, he decreases the gap to one second through some incredible defensive driving. To to be fair to Sergio Perez, it was the two tyre whisperers at war. <laughs> Both of which, are, like Hamilton and Perez, are known for being incredible at keeping hold of their tyres. Of course, Lewis Hamilton had the fresher rubber, but Sergio Perez managed to slow him down and he slowed right down in that last sector it, yeah, it was tense it was, it was really impressive and it, it, it did win max the world championship in the end because that's why lewis didn't have the gap to pit to just cover off what verstappen you're was right. doing mm. you're right there was this he was just as much of a part of it there was a conspiracy sorry there's this yep. conspiracy theory about perez because he retired all of a sudden and had no idea there was a problem with the car. And some people were saying that they half-fueled the race tank uh, so he could be competitive with Lewis. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, he did get, he did get, he did get to lap 55 or whatever out of 58, so it can't be half-fueled. He's not only fueled. a tyre whisperer, but <laughs> he doesn't use well. fuel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, what, what? I, do, I do find it interesting that a certain driver a few years ago got uh, quite a lot of criticism for driving more slowly than he, uh, than he could at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. But, uh, but, but a certain Mr. Paris is a legend for doing it. Yeah, but... Yeah... <laughs> What what I did hear on Sergio Perez retiring is that he was nursing an engine issue and Red Bull were scared that if Perez pulled over, that would extend the safety car period to the race having mm -hmm. to be finished underneath the safety car. That makes so more that sense just then, doesn't it? obliterate any chance that Max had of racing Lewis. So that's why they took him off the track. That's that makes sense then. Uh, that would have been funny, but, wouldn't yeah. it? An own goal. Well, yeah, wish wish your conspiracy theorists good night because I put them to bed. <laughs> it would be. Can you imagine the conspiracies if instead of Latifi it was Gasly or yeah, Sonoda? Oh, yeah. Hit the wall. Who did oh. brilliantly finishing fourth and fifth? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to I was gonna talk about them in a bit. Oh, so. forgive me for that, Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you can still do that. But first, you could talk about your moment of the weekend uh, it was uh, it was first lap for me um i thought lewis getting that start off the line on the on the harder tires well the medium tires but the harder tires um the max getting that lead was crucial uh but then i i personally i know jimmy disagrees with me i think max did a fantastic lunge up the inside i think it was brilliant max had nothing to lose very well very little to lose in that situation um lewis left the door open Max dived into it and stayed on the track. I don't see anything wrong with what he did, and I thought it was a brilliant overtake, and I think Lewis should have given him the place back. I think that would have set up a better race as well, because Lewis would have had to have got back past Max as Max's tyres went off. So, yeah, I think it was a really good first lap. Um, 
shades of uh, 2014 when Lewis and Rosberg set off and Lewis got a monstrous start. He was about he was about 10 car lengths ahead going into the first corner. Absolutely launched it at that race and it was it, it does show like when the pressure's on Lewis does deliver. Um and I thought it was brilliant. But but again, equally I thought I thought I thought great move by Max. I thought he did exactly what he needed to do. I thought that was you know, if if you want I disagreed with Max and Christian Horner several times when they've said let them race, but that was the key. That was hard but fair racing, in my opinion. Jimmy, what was your moment of the race? Uh, my moment of the race uh, was Latifi's crash, simply because it had huge ramifications for the championship. Um, if it wasn't for Latifi, Hamilton probably would have won, barring any other absolutely crazy events. Um, so for me, it is uh, Latifi's crash. It was a bit crazy that race, wasn't it? I was the scared. I was the most nervous ever. Literally, literally, in, in about from lap fifty to fifty-five, and I, I just kept going. Uh, I just kept saying, the only thing that's gonna, the only thing I'm worried about now is a safety car. Yeah. I remember when, uh, when, 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 uh, when George and. Uh, Giovinazzi slowed down. I kept going, just get it to the pits, lad. Just get it to the pits. And then when, when Giovinazzi bloody parked it a mile oh, no, away right, yeah. from the bloody... <laughs> what? Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I was like the most nervous. Anything. If like a car was going slowly, I thought Russell was going to park on the track. And I thought, that's brilliant. Yeah. He's going to cause Hamilton to lose his championship and is his teammate next year. That would be awkward, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Honestly, Chiva actually just parking it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he could have at least drove into the escape road. Um, I do feel I do feel sorry for uh, Nicholas Latifi because he has received quite a lot of abuse for something that he's not involved in. So we can never condone any of that. Um, although he has also received an offer from Christian Horner um, of a, a lifetime supply of Red Bull, which doesn't really help, does it? Not really. No. Unless you like Red Bull, and then maybe it does. I don't like Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, really? Do you do you not like the drink or the company? Uh, the drink. It's a bit too uh, too uh, sweet. Cough it medicine. Is, yeah. I've never really been one for it, or any energy drinks in that matter. No, no. I've had about four in my whole life. Mm. There you go. Four more than me. I like Lucasade. Lucasade stills all right. Yeah, yeah. But I'd, is Lucasade an energy drink? Nah, nah. You're talking Red Bull monster. Rich energy. Right, let's get back to the uh Rich energy is a good one. Anyway, yes, we should we should continue as you say, Joe. And we're going to talk about our honourable mentions. Jimmy, you can start us with this. Um my honourable mention uh this week is Kimi Raikkonen. Uh I don't know if all the viewers know, but it's Kimi's last year in Formula One. He's been on the grid on and off for about twenty years. Um, and he's just been entertainment value, priceless. He's just brilliant. Um, and apparently he's a really nice guy as well. He comes across as sort of quite... Uh, ar- apparently. Yeah. No, I'm sure he is. But he, he doesn't he'd come across sort of as a very friendly gentleman, shall I say. But apparently when you get a couple of drinks inside him, he's brilliant. And I remember uh, at the weekend, Jensen afterwards uh, was saying, one of the things I remember was Kimmy is I went out for a party with him Got back at three o'clock and there was Kimmy sitting in my living room. I don't know how on earth he got in, but he was just sitting there, which I just thought was fantastic. It's something that... <laughs> I didn't hear that <laughs> didn't one. Didn't you? Fully stole my line of the week and everything. <gasps> Sorry, mate. Fine. I didn't realise. <laughs> it's right. I'll come up with a new one. Yeah. 
So he thought he said to Kimmy, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna head off, I've had enough. And Kimmy's like, Oh yeah, okay. Went back in a taxi, got home, turned the lights on, and Kimmy's sitting there in this living room. Just in this <laughs> living room at three AM. <laughs> well, you should also know that he was a bloody good driver as well. He was and a lovely family man too. Left with his kids mm-hmm. on his shoulders and in his arms and mint to his wife. But yeah, he he's a world champion. We've spoken about him uh, before, but what a legend he was. What is your best personal Kimmy moment in his career, Joe? Um, well, I didn't even watch F1 back then, but very famously winning the uh, 2005 Japanese Grand Prix from 17th on the grid. Um, I can't remember a time when we've seen someone win from that low down in the grid recently. Lewis got one from 14th in 2018. Jensen, uh, this year? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he was tenth. Yeah, twentieth though. Yeah, but but it was a it was an extended Grand Prix. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. Tw- Lewis got Lewis Lewis won the 2018 um, German Grand Prix from 14th. From 14th, yeah. But K- Kimi won Kimi Kimi won from 17th on the grid in Japan, um, and it was an unbelievable drive. He overtook on the last lap of the race after hunting down Giancarlo Fisichella, and it's definitely, definitely one of the greatest drives in F1 history. I'm one of the overtakes of F1. Yeah, yeah. Round the outside at the first corner at high speed. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful stuff. If you ever get a chance or you're bored over the F1 winter, go and watch that race. It was good. Uh, Jimmy, your best moment of Kimi Raikkonen. My best moment of Kimi Raikkonen. Um, can you think of what I'm going to say or not? Probably. Okay, let me know. So um, it was on the grid at the... I don't know what Grand Prix it was. Uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix. <sighs> Brazilian Grand Prix. And Martin Brundle doing his grid walk. And he says, Kimi, did you enjoy the, the Pele presentation? And then... Kimi says, no, I was having a <clears throat> And that sums Kimi up. He doesn't care what he says to anybody. He's just very authentic. And that's why people love him. You're absolutely right with that one. That's, that was, that was going to be my moment. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, don't worry. Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi in 2018 USA. His last race win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great him one. going up against Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> 113 years, as Crofty said. 130 years between his first and last Grand Prix. And that tells you all you need to know about how old Kimi Raikkonen is. Very. (laughs) But he doesn't know what he's going to do in his retirement. He'll probably do a bit of rallying, probably do a bit of school runs, but he'll do what he wants and that's exactly it. I I wouldn't imagine that we're ever going to see Kimi Raikkonen again at a, a, a Formula 1 racetrack i can't really see him coming back and being a pundit for example because mm. as martin brandon always said kim you could see him on a yacht in my oh, i could have done monaco 2006 that was a proper kimmy moment where he retired um he retires and just to the paddock he walked to his yacht with his mates and got rather intoxicated instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh kimmy thank you and uh, Thank you for the memories. Uh, that that was all of our honourable mention. No, it wasn't. No, I haven't done one. That was just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to our honourable mentions this week. Joe, who who had yours? Um, well, 
You might not have known, actually, but um, there were uh, 17 other cars on track um, at the race this weekend. Um, so I'd like to mention two of them. Um, the Alpha Tauri cars, um, they finished fourth and fifth. A really good one. And in particular, Yuki Tsunoda, who has had a bit of a rough year. Um, He's a rookie. I've mentioned him a few times, you know, for being a bit erratic. But P4 at the last race, really good. And I hope he can take it into next year because he has shown flashes of excellent pace this year. And I think he's still got the potential to be a very good driver. Um, so, yeah, and then Pierre Gasly coming in fifth has been absolutely brilliant all year. Um, and he does deserve uh, a step up to a different... to a faster team whether he'll get it anytime soon i'm not sure but yeah absolutely fantastic all year and another fifth place to round it off absolutely fantastic um i suppose actually while we're on it i'm going to mention carlos Sainz as well because i named him mr honorable mention for the year and um he didn't do well point. i mean i mean i remember seeing him pulling up at, at the podium and i went oh wow carlos Sainz finished third <laughs> I had you no that idea. There was a third place finisher in that race. Yeah, yeah, you you completely forgot that someone was going to finish third. And Carlos Sainz, after that Perez retirement, um, yeah, Carlos Sainz finished third, and he actually finished above Charles Leclerc and Lando in Norris in yeah. in the World Championship. So absolutely fantastic from Carlos Sainz. Um, very very impressive. Just, so yeah, just I thought I'd just get Sonoda, Would you say he's been the best rookie this season? Or is it hard to say with Mick Schumacher being in such an inferior car? Um, yeah, I don't. I guess we. Can it's not been the greatest Mick, year for rookies, has Mick it? Mazepin out, having finished the season twenty-first in a twenty-car championship, which was impressive. In yeah. Itself. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can compare. Really, I think, I think Mick's just been in a car too far off the pace and. Yuki's not done anything that special. As I show, he's, he's shown glimpses of being special, but certainly not on a consistent enough basis. Ironically, his first and last race of the season were probably his best. Yeah, and that yeah, they were. A lot about the inconsistency he's had this year. Yes. Well done to all of those many honourable mentions that Joe has given this week. <laughs> I just thought we should remember that there were other other people involved. No, it's this a very week. good point. Uh, well, clearly the FIA forgot about that. So, yep. and and so did we. So, it turns out that we're just as bad. But two people that really weren't that bad, and I'll give it to a few more. The Hamiltons, like Lewis and his dad Anthony, they they really handled the way that they lost, or, or the way that they had that championship taken off them, and it would have been the eighth. It would have been the undisputed greatest of all time status it would have mm-hmm. been so much in of course in sport you have these heartbreaking moments after being so dominant it happens but these are the sort of circumstances that you could see others on the grid or others who are champions in sport who who might have lost it who might have complained who might have done a lot of the things that people kind of frame Lewis Hamilton to be but as we said earlier he showed his true colours he went and shook Max Verstappen's hand congratulated him gave him a hug went on the podium and stayed on the podium he didn't walk off he shook Christian Horner's hand and and Anthony Hamilton 
gave his son a hug, which is, of course, what you got to do, and then went and shook Max's hand and Jos Verstappen's hand, despite everything the Verstappens have said about Lewis and his family, despite everything that Verstappen and the PKs, I should add, have said about the Hamiltons. I think it just shows that we we talk about champions uh, on on the ten out of ten series that we also do on AJ on the line, but they they lift communities, not just trophies. They also demonstrate how you can go about life in the highs and the lows. And I think that the Hamiltons did exactly that on Sunday, and that they should hold their head high. And whatever the courts say, I think it's pretty clear that Lewis Hamilton is the greatest thing or one of the greatest things at the very least that Formula One has had as an ambassador, as a competitor, as a driver, as as someone that has spoken for good, for equality, for diversity, and gone about his racing in a fair way and done it in a dignified way, even when he's not come out on top. Um, You look at him wearing the pride helmet. That's not a PR stunt. That's Lewis Hamilton. You look at his car being black, his um, livery and and uniform being black at Mercedes. That's not a PR thing. That's Lewis Hamilton. Lewis took a while to get out of the car. He's lost it in front of the biggest audience F1 has ever had. That's humiliating. He shook his rival's hand. That's not PR. That's Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, I'd love to see... I don't know, this is going to sound bad, but I'd love to see Verstappen's mood if Hamilton had won under the safety car. I doubt he'd be as magnanimous uh, in defeat. Um, I'd love to see his mood if he won in the way Max did. I mean, crikey. Yeah, I know, yeah, he would have been absolutely... Imagine Christian Horner. Wow, I know Toto Mm -hmm. was angry, but Christian Horner, I don't know what he'd do. Um, would have to leave that to our imaginations, I suppose. Or will we? Because there might be a court battle at some point in the near future. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame that it ended like that. But I think what it has done, and I referenced it earlier, it's, it's shown the world who Lewis Hamilton really is. And despite everything people say about the guy, he's he's a champion for a reason and he showed it, didn't he? So, And he's going to get knighted on Wednesday, so it's not all bad. Um, <laughs> be nice to hear from him at some point it would, but, but he doesn't know anyone anything does he no no like if, but, you, if you've been yeah. through that in front of the world you're probably gonna take a few days out oh god i mean i mean i was i mean if i'd have been interviewed after that race there'd been uh several swear words live on air i'd have wanted everyone to know just how uh how robbed I'd been, but yeah, no, it was very. Uh, I think I'd have, I think I'd have hunted down Michael Massey, um, but yeah, like uh, Sebastian Vettel, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in Canada. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Sebastian Vettel's not a true champion. Like he's a great man with great ethics and morals, but yeah, when can you, can you imagine if Lewis had swapped the the boards in front of the cars? <laughs> oh, it would have been hilarious <laughs> and very easy for him to do. But, yeah. but you know what, I'm going to say this as well. Well done for Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel going into the back of the garage and saying well done to Lewis because that's what they did and I know other people did as well but I think those two, the son of a seven-time world champion and also a four-time world champion who wasn't Hamilton's greatest fan at some point 
some points in the in the last few years um, to come together and sort of say well done. Um, it shows a big man from Vettel as well. Back on the uh, back on the conspiracy theories, bit of bit of four D chess from Mick Schumacher getting uh, Latifi's tire dirty, forcing him <laughs> into a mistake and protect and protecting his dad and protecting his dad's record. That's rubbish. Oh, what a, what a plan! What a plan! Yeah, well executed as well. What do you two think about Lewis Hamilton not being shortlisted for Sports Personality of the Year? Uh, I mean, obviously he didn't win the championship and that might be one. Well, I think one of the things that you have to do to be on the shortlist is win. Now, he got eight. No, Damon, Damon Hill, Damon Hill won it in 1994 after, I mean, admittedly we weren't uh, used to the same level of success, but literally just the other day I did a, I looked at the world, uh, Sports Personality of the Year. Damon Hill won Sports Personality of the Year in 1994 when he didn't win the Formula One World Championship. He then won it in 96 as well. Surely, though, that moment of grace from from the Hamiltons and Lewis Hamilton in that losing environment, surely that's got to count for something. They delayed the yeah. process to see whether he won the championship or not. I, I think while, while winning isn't everything... But it is everything at the same time. It's not. It's sports personality of the year. It's not. Well, you're, what you're to do with you're winning. Absolutely right. So surely losing in a dignified way that he did, and mm-hmm. giving the season that he did, surely that deserves mm-hmm. some recognition. And I'm sure they'll well, talk yeah. about it. And yeah, it's not. It's not. It'll be. It'll be down to a group of people that have have put together this this set of, yeah. of rules. But it just kind of says uh, that that's not really what the award sounds like then it, it doesn't really represent it and th- and the opinions always been well how's lewis hamilton winning sports personality of the year he hasn't got a personality it's a load of oh sorry shit. i shouldn't say that but it is yeah. yeah i mean i get why he's not on the list because he hasn't won the title the ultimate formula one prize um but yeah, we'll see. So imagine this, okay, Jimmy. Lewis Hamilton gets ruled world champion by the courts in three months' time. And therefore, does that mean that sports personality then need to redo a vote and add Lewis Hamilton to the shortlist? I don't You'd know. Think so, wouldn't you? It's all a bit of a mess, really, isn't it? I don't think anything will happen because it'll, it'll bring the sport into more distribute disrepute i saw something saying mercedes is going to save f1's reputation because if you think about it hamilton it could well go to court and it could by the looks of things i don't know what these lawyers what sort of if they like formula one or not did you see the lawyer that mercedes had at the track no was he a good lawyer He's the same lawyer that Manchester City had to get them out of hot water in UEFA. Oh, really? And yeah, like he is the bee's knees. Like there they we go. weren't messing about. They <laughs> look at the excitement in you. Like Mercedes brought like a proper QC to to the occasion. I thought they just got someone in the paddock. Put they ran into the paddock saying, "Who's a lawyer here?" And somebody put the hands up. We'll have you. Come on, <laughs> it's come like with us. a doctor. <laughs> Who here's a doctor? <laughs> I'm a doctor. No, yeah. <laughs> they, like he was in Mercedes team kit, so they'd obviously hired him for the weekend, anticipating that that such shenanigans would go down, and they did. So that's why Red Bull, while 
probably slightly drunk entering the the hearing, they they were like, hold on a minute, we're all a little bit tipsy, <laughs> and they've got a lawyer on there, so it's not really fair, is it? <laughs> what I thought that was quite weird is how Red Bull were asked to defend the FIA. I don't think they were. I think they were. Just, they were. They were. It said on the document they were present as an interested party. Yeah, but they put they across be, an argument. But also, Mercedes put forward two things. So there was the thing about uh, there was to the say yeah. Car, but oh, it was yeah. also Max Verstappen overtaking underneath the safety car, which they threw out. Yeah, it's against the rules, but it's a bit of a nothing. It's it's a little bit like Max Verstappen doing practice starts in the pit lane i've seen lewis get that close to overtaking the actual safety car before i mean exactly. if you're going to be that yeah. if you're going to be like that yeah yeah it, it, i think that was the lawyer's decision right let's take them for everything they've got right yeah this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and they've just gone in with a with a shopping list and come out with nothing mm-hmm. but we'll move on to the aj on the line line of the week i think that i'll, I'll begin with mine if that's okay because to those that want to know in a nutshell what happened this weekend i think the analogy from football is is a good one um whether it's right or wrong we don't know but it's 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 the equivalent of lewis hamilton being three nil up in the world cup final against max verstappen and then the referee in the 90th minute deciding Right, it's got a bit boring here. So what we're going to do is next goal wins. Here's the ball for Stappen. Uh, oh, it's your penalty too. Uh, like it, it was that kind of mm. unfairness to it, um, and that that kind of sums up how it is, really. And the referee just overriding the rules. Yeah, and it it just created a bit of a mess, really. And I hope that we have answered you, your questions this episode. Of course, if you've got any more, you can get in contact and. We might try and answer them in a separate podcast episode or indeed our season review, which should hopefully come soon if you two aren't too opposed to it. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I'll enjoy it. Okay. Over to you, Jimmy. Your AJ on the line, line of the week. My AJ on the line, line of the week, was from someone called Duncan Bradshaw, who is a sports lawyer. Um, and he was did a was talking to the guardian and he said the fia can't mark its own homework um and i think this is particularly um it's got two two main bearings i think one from the point of view which happened at the Abu Dhabi grand prix which is that you know the fia cocked up pretty much and you know mercedes said well you've cocked up and the fsa no you haven't so we win because we're the, the boss um but on a wider wider note, um, I think there needs to be a, an overhaul of how the FIA is run. Because if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, how can, at the end of the day, I know the FIA, in this situation, the FIA, it was the FIA's fault, not Red Bull's fault. But I think it should be a independent party that rule on appeals uh, after the race. Um, I'm not sure how it would work. But I just think the way that the FIA runs things at the moment isn't quite right and uh, it needs to be looked into. The FIA is technically an independent party. So I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, Jimmy. I, I almost feel like it needs to look at the way that it's going to run r- the rules in terms of 
how consistent they are with it and they, mm-hmm. they need to get everyone together and say look this is what legal racing looks like this is what non-legal racing looks like this is the procedure that we've got and we've had and we're going to stick to it this is who we've got in charge of the race but i think that michael massey who is the race director he needs some some deputies he needs some people supporting him because if he's the only one in 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 charge of talking to all the relevant people as well as getting a car safely off the track there's it's never going to work he's going to be overwhelmed as joe said earlier he's got a He's got to cope with that, understand the letter of the law inside out and just kind of block out what other people are saying and make the right decision for mm-hmm. the safety of the sport, but also the integrity of the sport. And that's what's been tested that second part on Sunday. Joe? Um, yeah, I was going to just, I mean, I was going to bring it up in a bit, actually, but might as well do it now. Um, so I just think that this this whole season has highlighted the need for uh clearer rules rules that aren't there to be interpreted ambiguously at the race director's discretion uh that can be enforced differently at different races um i think there needs to be some very i mean we've we've had enough races now to determine what a clean overtake looks like and what one doesn't um and they need to decide on that I mean, I know even in this podcast, Jimmy and I have disagreed on what a clean overtake looks like, but there needs to be a clear rule that needs to be enforced in all areas. If you overtake like this, you're going to get this penalty. If you don't comply with this penalty, you're going to get this penalty. And that that needs to be enforced not just for overtaking, but everything. They need to have a clear look at the rule, but they need to... I saw. I saw. Um, Martin Brundle actually said they need to read every single word of that ninety-page rule book because each one of those words individually means something and can be interpreted in a different way. They need to really shore up the rule book and make sure that it's not open to interpretation and that all the teams know if you do this, this is what we're going to do. Well said. Your AJ on the line. Line of the week, please. My. AJ line, no, uh, my, my AJ underline line of the week um, was just a conversation after the race between uh, Nico Rosberg and Jensen Button because it, uh, it cheered me up when, uh, you know, I was seething with anger about the way the race had been run. Um, Nico Rosberg was complaining about how Honda always leave the sport at the wrong time. They, uh, they always leave right when they're about to win a championship or when they've just won a championship. And then Jensen Button neatly pointed out to Nico Rosberg that that's exactly what he did. He won the championship and, uh, and went away when he could have tried for more. And it just uh, it made me chuckle. Yeah, so... I thought that was uh, that's good. And I don't know why. Don't I actually? I really liked having Nico Rosberg in the oh in the he's, in the paddock. He's got to uh, get an honourable mention for this season, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's he's really good. And we'll get into that as, uh, uh, from the bigger picture. Not that we don't speak with the big, the bigger picture in mind anyway. Oh, but what a finale that's been! It's a shame that it's ended like it has. But we're glad that so many people are interested in Formula One. Do either of you have any final remarks after this thriller in Abu Dhabi? I think I've said enough about what uh, 
how I feel like this race was unfair. So I'd just like to say close by saying Max Verstappen is a very, very deserving world champion. And I really hope that he doesn't have it taken away from him in the courts because at the end of the day, yes, Lewis Hamilton was robbed at this individual race, but it would be an equally sized robbery if Max Verstappen were to lose the championship. And he's a very, very deserving champion and a very very good driver and i have no doubt that he will win more in the future well said and let's not forget mercedes were world champions constructors yeah yeah not that they oh they were celebrating because toto wolf was seen crowd surfing later in the evening yeah after getting the lawyers (laughs) on the case right you work on that i'll go i'm just going to go and, and and do something else Release my, release my, release my, doing crowd <laughs> It's it's funny how, how Valtteri Bottas is still the only Mercedes person that we've heard from since the race. Yeah, he's the only member of the team that we've heard from. So yeah, and they were. Uh, it's a shame that they were talking about that rather than what a wonderful job he's done for Mercedes in his one hundred. <laughs> well, we have, we haven't even mentioned that it was Bottas's last race for Mercedes on the podcast. Mm. What what was his best moment in a Mercedes? Australia 2019. That was a good one. Turkey 2021. Not 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, no, not 2020. Yeah. yeah. He's he's done incredibly well up against Lewis Hamilton, who we, mm-hmm. we see as one of, if not the best ever to... And, you know, ultimately as well, I mean, we've given Sergio Perez a lot of praise for being the ultimate number two, but ultimately it's Bottas's performance this season that have won Mercedes the, the Constructors' Championship. You're spot on there, Joe. So, yeah, he definitely deserves a bit of credit. Um, and, yeah, sad to see him go. But also excited to see George Russell as well. Any last remarks, Jimmy? I don't think so, no. I think everything's been covered on this one. Well... We'll have a season review to go into even greater depth not long from now, I'm sure. But thank you very much for listening. And thank you once again to Jimmy and Joe for your insight as ever. Please make sure that you check out any other content that we've got going on on AJ on the Line. You can have a look at our website, ajontheline.com. Go to my Instagram. Ask me more questions for this next podcast that we put out and i'll try and get back to you as well on instagram at adam jw44 uh you can interact with me on twitter at aj underscore on the underscore line not that that's a mouthful and whether you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify or anywhere else give us some love leave us a rating give us a review leave us a comment if that's even possible and tell us what you think of that final race in Abu Dhabi. Um, Hear from me, Jimmy and Joe, in the season review and, and hopefully next season too because what a season we've had. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye.